Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to talk about Saturday's 2-2 draw away against Hamilton is Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? I'm great, thanks Matt. Glad to be here. Just about recovered from the wildness of the last few minutes of yesterday's game and looking forward to talking about the football. Wow, good stuff. <clears throat> Something in my throat there. Uh, Reese Haldane is here. Reese, how are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm very well. Um, a wee bit confused what was happening there, but uh, I'm looking forward to discussing uh, yesterday's events and let's get it going. And rounding off our panel this week is Ken Boswell. Ken, are you well? Very well, actually. You know, uh, I've got a face like a spanked arse today because uh, I was out volunteering at Parkrun yesterday and then day out in Hamilton and then record store day seeing the Bluebells later on down at uh, the Hidden Lane. Uh, no factor of any sort on whatsoever. So I'm I'm fully Scottish today um, in a kind of pink fashion. <laughs> Excellent. Ken, you've absolutely seamlessly come into the David Forrest role here of just explaining your wild Saturdays. So an excellent start. Uh, we'll start with you, Ken. Well, there was one change to the start in 11. Fitzpatrick come in for Tiffany, who was injured. Were you quite happy with that team when you saw it? Any more changes that you'd like to see? Definitely. I mean, I think generally speaking, the way Fitzpatrick's come on and played, I was quite looking forward to seeing him getting a full 90 minutes or whatever, you know. I, I think Tiffany's been hot and cold this season. He's played, uh, I mean, it was a great goal against um, that other mob, uh, Air United, last week. You know, the way, the way he just took it in his chest and turned on, it was absolutely fantastic. And that's a Tiffany that I don't think we've seen that much. So I was quite excited about seeing Aidan Fitzpatrick to see how the team shaped up. And I think that was that was proven for the first 20 minutes, at least anyway, you know. Reese, what did you make of Fitzpatrick's performance yesterday? Do you think he, do you think he did well? You know, I actually, I actually do think that um, Fitzpatrick did play well. Um, I know he's came in for a wee bit of criticism. Obviously, he had two pretty big chances. The first one, I think he's... He's got to score the second one. I also think he's got to score. I don't think there's any sort of questions to be asked with both of them. But barring that, I do think he had a decent game. Uh, first half especially, I do think he put in a, a good few balls across the box. Obviously, no one managed to get an end of him. But as I said last week, whenever Fitzpatrick does start, I do think he's a he's a better player getting a, a well, not a full 90, but starting the game than he is coming off the bench. I do think he impacts the game more, um, having time to build into the game. But I, I, th- I think some of the criticism is harsh. He'll know himself. He needs to do better with both the chances. He was unlucky, and I know, I know we're going to. Um, he's seen like he's seen Graham coming over to him when he's missed that second chance. Just fits his heads down. He's he's he's, he's staring at the, the heavens and Brian's over him picking him up, putting an arm around him. Just tell him to go again. Just keep going. That you'll get another chance, and and that's the mentality you need to have. You can't dwell on it. He's got he's got to do better, but another one will come eventually, um, and you've got to make sure that you score that one. So. Um, just continue getting in the good positions and, and that's the main thing that he does continue to get in those positions to, to create the chance I agree with you I think he's a better starter I think he's the only when Tiffany's missed I think he's the only other player in the squad that can can do what he does in terms of his running ability his dribbling ability and he did get into some excellent positions yesterday which nobody else in the squad would get into and it was just the case of his, his end product in front of goal and crossing was, was I thought really poor but I think it's just a case of he's not had the the 90 minutes that starts every week. If if that game yesterday fell after a run of starts for Fitzpatrick, we'd probably be talking about a goal or two and an assist or two. It was just a frustrating end product day for him, I think. Heather, what did you make of the, the team's performance as a whole? I think it's one of those games that you look back on the chances that could have been because of what happened in the last few minutes. I think for a majority of the game we played really well and we created a lot of chances just the highlights really showed that you know I kind of I almost forgot that Darren Burnley hit the post the fact that Iron Muir had a shot cleared off the line obviously the the lob and the goal at the end you know we have the ball in the back of the neck quite a few times and it's just frustrating that we're only coming away with a point I thought that Stevie Lawless was fantastic yesterday and just showed how what an important player he is to our team and will be if we hopefully get into the playoffs. 
we created a lot of chances, quite a lot of balls across the box, and it was a lot better than the week that you know the week previous. But again, just a few a, a few really frustrating things that were that were being left, you know, to talk about. And I just thought we should we deserve to be about three nil up by the you know by the end of the half and to be going in at you know one one was quite frustrating. Do you agree, Ken? Do you think we deserved more from the game yesterday? I'd like to think that we did. Uh, and certainly the way we played in the first 20 minutes was excellent. You know, I mean, Dolan's doing some very creative football out there. You know, I mean, there's he's allowing players their own minds quite a lot of the time. But this is Hamilton. You know, I mean, I was reading the statistic earlier today about how we haven't now, that's that's a very good result, run of results that we've had down at the ZLX Park or New Douglas Park or the, the CBD Cannabinoid Stadium or whatever it's called this week. You know, that kind of thing. But that's a park where we traditionally struggle. You know, I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, it's just one of these places like McDermott Park where... There's something in our DNA that doesn't allow us to produce the football that we know we can do, you know? And I think we saw that yesterday where you're like, chance, you know, it, it, it was very, very frustrating. And the fact that, you know, we're going in effectively in the 90th minute, 2-1 down, you know, and Hamilton are celebrating it because that's um, pretty much out of danger. I, I, I don't think I was particularly surprised by that because of the nature of what I've seen there before, you know? Ken, I think this is the first time we've had you on since, since McCall left and Dylan came in. You said there that you think Dylan's got us playing some some really exciting attacking stuff going forward. What what do you think has changed? What do you see like tactically and maybe mentally and confidence-wise from the players that Dylan's tweaked or installed? I think one of the things about it is that Dylan realises that he's got a lot of guys with very similar experience to him. And he's willing to give them their own minds. You look at the way Lawless. Lawless has been totally rejuvenated by Dolan coming in, I think. Brian Graham, I mean, that's he played the full 90 yesterday. That's unheard of for Brian Graham, you know? Um, even without Tiffany yesterday, you know, that that he, there seems to be an incisiveness to it. And you would expect it from Dolan being an attacking player about understanding how that works. But you see some of the wee balls around the corner, you know, the little, the little, fl- the, the flick for Tiffany against Queen's Park a couple of weeks back, that's got Doolin written all over it, I think. You know, there seems to be a willingness in Doolin's part to bring these guys on board and say, right, show what you can do out there. There's a creativity to it, which I think was lacking in McCall. And I, th- I, I think that's the core of it. Um, I mean, even defensively, looking at it, I, I, I haven't compared the statistics, but in terms of defensively, we're reasonably solid. And I mean, you can go, if you want to go and look on Twitter what, about what people think about Darren Brownlee, you know, kind of thing. But even then, your head, Brownlee, Holt, that's a pretty experienced defensive line. And I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm glad you mentioned Brian Graham staying on for the full 90, Ken. I was really pleased to see that yesterday. I actually quite liked what Dolan did with the subs yesterday. A lot of people around me were sort of shouting at him to make a change. Maybe we're about 20, 25 minutes to go. But we were well on top on on the game at that point. And I was quite glad that he held out. He then brought Mullen on for Fitzpatrick, which looked like an injury for Fitzpatrick. And Mackenzie came on for Doherty. And I was actually surprised Doherty came out for the, the second half. He looked in a bad way. So I think that was an injury sub as well. But I'm really glad Graham stayed on because he's, he's ended up setting Lawless up for the, the equaliser. And we were talking last week about Graham being isolated at times. And when you get bodies around him, you see these flicks, like you said, Ken, against Queen's Park and against the air for the goals. And he's had another assist on Saturday. So I, I think Dylan, as you say, Ken, has, has got confidence into Graham's legs. And yeah, pleased to see him last a full minute. Heather, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I just want to agree with you about the subs. And I thought that when Danny Mullen came on, he made himself really hard to handle and um, won a lot in the air for being, you know, a, quite a small guy compared to the defenders he was up against. And he was quite pivotal in 
the the goal that was obviously chopped off offside. But I thought it was great after what you said last week about the fact that we do see Graham isolated and it would be great to see him and Mullen playing together. I thought that looked like a potential option like for another game in the next wee while. Yeah, I agree. I think it's impressive. Like Dylan has always got so little managerial experience that he doesn't panic. I think it's so easy if you're chasing a game, you just panic and make the subs. But I think he recognised that we were doing well in the game in terms of creating chances. And and really for a 15-20 minute period, we were dominating Hamilton. Hamilton couldn't get out. Obviously, they get their goal from a set piece, which can happen. But I don't think that was like a down to Dylan not making subs. I thought the, the subs were, were absolutely fine yesterday. Despite that, it was, I suppose, a disappointing result. So, Reese, I'll ask you, why have we struggled so much against the bottom two teams this season? We've only beaten Cove once. We've only beaten Hamilton once out of four times against each of them. That's obviously been very costly in terms of our title push. Why do you think we've struggled so much against those teams? It's it's a tough one. It's, it's hard to put your finger on the reasons we have struggled. I mean, Aki's and Cove and even Arbroath, like they've, they've not been... Whenever we've we've played against them, they've not been good. Even the games that they they've beaten us, it's been an absolute snatching grab. But like, I don't I don't understand. Like we we've had we had plenty of chances yesterday. That game could have finished eight to the two goals that they score are from two set pieces, and it's just it just looks like we've switched off for their two goals, and it's it's frustrating. It's just our end product in these games because you could say like uh, we've underestimated them and and we just we've not turned up. We've turned up thinking we've already won and. I wouldn't even say that was the case for it. Like, like you say yesterday, like we, we didn't make a change, and it felt like Hamilton changed the whole team at a point. I think they made made all every sub available in the, within the space of about five minutes, and it just kind of you could obviously see they were trying to take this thing out of the game, and, and and we kept going for it, and you just felt ultimately like Hamilton will get another chance somehow and score, and and that's just the the sort of the luck that that comes with being a Fussle fan, that you can batter a team all day and, and they'll go up the other end and score. My pals must be sick to death hearing me saying that. They must think that I just say that every week, but I'm like, nah, I swear, we, we battered them. We could have been winning. We could have been 6 now up and they've went 1-0. It's just, they must be sick of it. But if you're looking for, for a reason as to why, I, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say we underestimated them because we, we still turn up to do the job and we just fail to put the ball in the net. So just, as we mentioned earlier, bad, bad finishing, but... Yesterday was was really frustrating. Like like Heather said, like you hit the post, you have a shot cleared off the line. Like these these things should have went in. And I know I know we've we've probably watched it back quite a lot now. But I thought Graham's first one was uh, onside at first viewing. I've I've actually not seen that one back, but I seen the second one back, which I said I, I said at the time he's got he's probably offside. You you got to you think that the linesman's seen it from that sort of that sort of range. The the flick on's only like a yard were different from where Graham's standing. So you you assume that he's seen that, but Upon reflection and looking at the replays, slowed down and everything, I do think Graham is onside. So, tough one to take and what a difference that would have put us if we'd picked up three points. Because Dundee stumbling yet again, but uh, it's, it's, it's Dundee's now. So, I've a very poor end to the season in terms of whoever's going to win the league, but it's, it's, it's a missed opportunity from us yet again. Ken, have you got any thoughts on why we've struggled against the, the bottom two teams? I'm not sure about the statistics, but I think if we go back to the championship winning side back, in fact, I, I can go back even further than that um, to the kind of Lambie season, uh, the one where we won down at Stirling Albion. Traditionally, we struggle against the sides down at the bottom. They've got everything to fight for, whatever, you know, I mean, whatever football cliche you want to rely on. And again, I think in 2013, I cannot remember who was bottom of the table at that point. But I think we struggled with them then as well. You know, I suppose in modern football terminology, it's one of these things about teams allowing you space or allowing you to play or imposing their game or or, or whatever or something like that. Whereas the teams down at the bottom play a very, very traditional game. I mean, you go up to Gayfield, you know, you, you look at the pitches that you're playing on. There's a friend of mine, uh, Thomas Tunstall, who who actually plays football, and he was saying that Cove Rangers is the best artificial pitch he's played on. Hamilton is by far the worst, clearly, you know, outside of Livingston, maybe. And, you know, we all know about Gayfield. 
So, I mean, you can kind of factor that into the equation as well. At the same time, you know, these teams, they're never not going to have something to play for, you know. You know, we're turning up. And, you know, yesterday, effectively, we were half of the crowd. Now, what that doesn't turn it into a home game. That turns it into a home game that they happen to have something to fight against. And you look at the Aki's fans when they went 2-1 two two up, and they were absolutely in their element, you know. Uh, you know, the Vickies, everything, you know, absolutely across the board. So, I mean, there's that to take, you know, just because you take a big support, and we were noisy yesterday, uh, and we made a great, great sound, you know, really drove the players on, and, and, and that kind of thing. I think traditionally we do struggle against teams at the bottom of the league. I just I just think that's something that we do, you know. But at the same time, I think all teams at the top of the league struggle with teams at the bottom of the league. It's not like you're going up to Cove, playing at home to Hamilton, and it's an absolute... I mean, look at Inverness. It took them until the 89th minute on Tuesday night. Heather, we're obviously playing our broth on, on Saturday, who are also down the bottom of the league. Um, we've had slightly better fortunes against them this season, but what do we need to do, well, against our growth and then like even into next season to have a better and more dominant record against these teams that if we defeated, we would have a much better shot at achieving our goals, which is ultimately winning the league in promotion? I think for me, it's being more clinical at the start of games. I felt like yesterday, obviously we've talked about already, like the missed opportunities that we had and then later on in the game when we were chasing that goal to you know to get the winner we left ourselves very open at the back and it was actually lucky for us that a few times either one of our players made a cheeky foul or they had a a rogue shot or David Mitchell made a save and they got a, a corner so I think for us in general Obviously, Chris Doolin has sharpened us up at the back and that's been a great development. But I think it needs to be scoring early and getting a more comfortable lead to be able to then go and express ourselves and be open and be exciting while also having a comfortable cushion. Because right now we are struggling to do that. I think against our growth, we just have to firstly enjoy that we're not playing against them at their home pitch and that wind will hopefully not be an issue. And I think we just need to be dominant from the start and get the ball in the back of the net. I mean, that's the biggest cliche that you could ever want, Ken. So there you go. I think the second goal is always key in, in these games. I think if you go two up, I think it was a similar story against there last week. I said, um, if you go, if you go two up, that's when we've won emphatically under Doolan. And we should have got a second goal on... Um, on Saturday there against Hamilton and we never got it. I want to have a look at set pieces. I've obviously got quite a sad life, so I did a bit of set piece research last night about the goals we've conceded from set pieces. We've conceded 19 goals from set pieces this season and I looked this up because I remember us talking about it on an almost weekly basis last season, uh, earlier this season I should say. Now I'm absolutely not saying any of these goals were his fault on Saturday and I'm definitely not calling him for to be dropped at this stage of the season either. But David Mitchell's been in goals for 22 games this season and Jamie Sneddon's been in goals for 21. So it's about 50-50. Mitchell's played one game more. Out of the 19 goals we've conceded from set pieces, Mitchell's been in goals for 14 of them. Now obviously not every one of them has been his fault and I don't think either of them were his fault on, on Saturday. But I think that is... A factor, and I do think Snedden has a, a better command of his box. Last season, for comparison, Snedden only missed a couple of the games at the start of last season when Harry Stone was was in and about it, and we only conceded eight goals in all of the games Jamie Snedden started last season from set pieces. So I do think that's a factor. I think Snedden's got a better command of his area, and I don't know if it's if it's in the defenders' head that they need to protect Mitchell a bit more, or they sort of naturally uh, are gravitated towards the goal a bit more because they know Mitchell won't come out as often as Snedden. I think it was Muirhead's man for both of the goals on, on Saturday. I know Brownlee was getting a bit of stick, but if you watch the goals back, Muirhead loses his man twice at the goals. But I think going into next season, because I, I definitely don't want him to, and I don't expect Mitchell to be dropped at any point this season, because he's not made any mistakes. It's just an aspect of his game that he's not strong at. Going into next season, I think it's something to look at. And I think that's maybe why I'm still not 100% convinced on Mitchell as a long-term number one for us. 
I don't know if anyone else has got any thoughts on on how to address the set piece problem that has sort of reared its ugly head again on on Saturday. I'm not. I I don't think Saturday was particularly symptomatic of it, to be honest with you, because the first one's a low ball. You know, Mitchell's never going to get to that. That's yep, entirely up to the defence. Uh, the second one, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen it again, you know. Um, I take your point about Sneddon, and I think, to a certain extent, all of us as Thistle fans would much prefer seeing Sneddon back in there. But I totally understand why Doolin is playing him, because, you know, he's a solid goalkeeper. And, you know, our record over the past now 12 games kind of speaks for itself. I, I don't understand goalkeeping well enough to say whether or not Mitchell's distribution, I thought, was excellent yesterday. I think his distribution, generally speaking, is excellent. Uh, he seems to under, you know, but I, I think, generally speaking, I would much prefer to see Sneddon in there. And and that's that's an emotional thing. That's not a, a money ball thing, you know? No, I think Mitchell has been has been really good since he reclaimed his place. But yesterday, I noticed that the the very first corner Hamilton had yesterday, they stacked the six yard box. I think they had five men in the six yard box, and Mitchell actually had a really good punch under pressure. But then they kept doing it, and there was a couple where well, there was one in the first half and one in the second half, where it was right underneath the bar, and he he did look in a bit of trouble. I think he got a touch on one, and somebody headed clear the other. But it's an area where I mean, if I can sort of spot that information and. On a Saturday night, like other teams will spot it and target, and I think long term it's it's maybe something to look at. But I think David Mitchell has been has been good. He's been much better than he was in the first chunk of the season in the last few games, and I'm definitely not calling him to be dropped at this point. Heather, the one thing I found quite interesting was that Brian Graham seemed to be the one that was over and telling everyone where to stand and where to be. And obviously, he's a manager and he can in in his own right and things. But I do find it interesting that your striker would be the person that's orchestrating the defence and telling people where to stand. I think that was after the first goal was conceded and I think he just made sure that everyone knew who their marker was etc and gave them a bit of you know a Brian Graham earful which I don't think anyone would really enjoy uh, but I just maybe found that interesting thought that would maybe more be a David Mitchell Holt Muirhead role. I've just got a couple more points about the game yesterday I just wanted to shout out Doherty's pass um, which released Turner who released Fitzpatrick in the second half the Doherty pass is I think the best pass I've seen this season he half volleys at first time, and I'm right behind it, and it's got the perfect amount of fade on it to just go round the defender and Turner picks it up. It's a, it was a brilliant pass, so if you've got access to highlights, go and seek that out. It's, it's well worth it. I thought Doc had a great game yesterday, um, despite what looked like an injury. And also, Rhys, you mentioned earlier, Brian Graham giving a, a big hug to Fitzpatrick after he missed that chance that came from the Dockery pass. That was great to see. I thought Brian Graham had, had one of his best games this season. He was unlucky not to have a hat-trick, really. Um, he sets Lawless up. He, he was loving it yesterday. It was everything about Brian Graham's performance yesterday is why we love him. He obviously, he obviously got booked as well, and we joked in the group chat. He knows the laws of the game so well that he made sure when he was pushing the Hamilton player away, he did it below the neckline so he didn't get sent off. He had absolutely everything that we love about Brian Graham yesterday. So I just wanted to highlight those two wee things. Uh, Ken, do you want to come in before we move on? Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said there. I mean, in terms of performative entertainment, let's call it, yesterday was a really, really good game. You know, you know, you, know, you get everything, you get the drama, you get the potential red cards, you get Mitchell taking a swing at the guy, you know, that kind of thing. I, and it is Hamilton as well, you know, and I mean, they are fan dance, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, I mean, that's, you know, they are obviously now quite deep in it at the bottom, uh, at the bottom of the league, you know, and obviously we're going at the other end of that kind of thing. But there's a nice wee bit of spice going on in there between, in games with Hamilton. And I, I, I don't know if I expect, you know, Hamilton have been, you know, they were up in the Premier League, I think, probably longer than us. And, you know, they've obviously had this kind of production line of the academy and all that kind of thing, which I don't think we necessarily have. And, you know, it would be nice to think that, you know, I'm not I'm not in any way putting Hamilton in the same sort of league as us, even though we are. But at the same time, I thought yesterday was quite spicy, you know? Yeah, 
Ken, I'd come in there. I don't know if you watched the uh, video which Alan Fraser sent on the group chat today of the Hamilton, um, the, yeah, the Hamilton it, fan, yeah. yeah, his kind of pre-match, during the match and post-match analysis. He, It was actually interesting watching it from a Hamilton's fan point of view because I thought the David Mitchell situation when he got, I don't know, was he trying to release the ball early and one of their players stood in the way and then this and that. He was really adamant that he thought David Mitchell should be sent off when I I remember being in the stand and thinking very clearly, I thought one of their players should have got sent off. And it's just so interesting when when you're watching the game with your, obviously your party thistle goggles on. And um, but I thought it was very clearly a red card for one of their players, and it just shows you the di- the difference. And it was a really tasty game, and the amount of fights. I mean, I think that the referee lost control. If you see that many um, yellow cards in the game, you know it's just not right. My mum was saying that it was Chick Young who was on open all mics, and usually, you know, Chick Young's always sent to all the boring games, and I think he needed a wee lie down by the end because he was having to talk so much about exciting things happening at the game. I, I thought I actually thought David Mitchell was going to go. I was at the game with my mum yesterday, and I, when the ref blew up, I was like, he's going to send Mitchell off here. I, because I thought that as well. M- Mitchell gets blocked, right? But what, it was obviously, as you say, Heather, it was, a, it was a crazy game, and tempers were high at that point already. So as soon as Mitchell get, gets blocked, the, the ref should blow up and just give a free kick and defuse it. He lets it go, and then Mitchell gets blocked again and does take a swing, and he, he's quite lucky. I don't know what the ref saw, to say to decide it was a yellow because either didn't see it or he probably should have been off, but we'll maybe get away with one there when when we didn't and with the offsides. Can you come back in? My final point is that you always check the linesman before you celebrate the goal. Oh yeah, I'm programmed to do that. <laughs> I, I, so, I mean, 1974 was my first Thistle game, right? So I'm coming up from a 50 year anniversary. And I don't, I think yesterday might have been the first one where I was absolutely going bonkers and then looked over at the linesman. Uh, you know, I apologise to people around me. <laughs> but everyone was doing it. You know, you were just like, yes, this is it. <laughs> I, I think we've had too many disappointments. I'm, I'm programmed to do it. It's almost like like Varna, you don't celebrate. I, I always look at the linesman before I go mental, I think. Earlier this week, myself and David caught up with Stuart Bannigan and Stevie Lawless to discuss Banzo's upcoming testimonial, his Thistle career to date, and the season so far. J-Lo. We are now joined by Partick Thistle's Stuart Bannigan and Stevie Lawless. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. How are you both doing? I don't know, thanks. Not bad. Firstly, Stevie, can you just tell us a bit about Stuart Bannigan's testimonial? Obviously, the we've seen Paul Payton model the, the away kit. Who else can we expect to see? Uh, I only know the ones that I, really, I still speak to. Um, it's been really tight-lipped, to be honest. Um, I didn't expect... Obviously, you're, you can't do anything without having Erskine and Dylan there, obviously, so, or, or Gaffer, we need to call them now, so, aye, uh, they two, and then I, I would imagine O'Donnell and that, if we can get them there as well, which, it'll, be, it'll be good. And what what else is going on this year? Obviously, the testimonial year's very busy. What else is going on throughout the year? Yeah, well, there's golf days. Um, Banzo's trying to get me out of retirement for that. Um I've no swung. I've got a three-year-old. I've no swung a club since she was born, so I probably still be better than him. But um, there's golf days. Um, I think there's other other nights in at the club as well. But um, oh, there's plenty, plenty there for him, which is deserved, obviously. Dan, so you were inducted into the Planted Fistle Hall of Fame in November. What what did that mean to you? How did it come about? I, I couldn't quite believe it. I get a a message off of Jerry Britton saying he wanted to, to speak to me to come up to the office and he just told me it was it was happening in in November. So I, I was I was shocked by it all really to be honest. Just because I'm still playing really. And it was quite a, a strange thing to still be at the club and have such an honour 
put on me. So, no, I was uh, a bit shocked by it all, but I didn't want to tell many people at the time, so I kept it quiet until it was it was properly confirmed. Banzo, how would you assess your, your Thistle career so far? It's over, well over 300 games now. It's been bookmarked by the, the sort of injury problems you had. What do you think's changed from your from your point of view in terms of your playing style? And just give us a, a summary of how you think your Thistle career has been so far. I think it's been pretty up and down. There's <laughs> obviously been plenty of, plenty of good moments and a few bad as well. I don't think my game's changed too much in terms of, you know, after my my, my knee problems for a, for a couple of years, um, I still feel as, as fit as I've, I've ever done. Um, but it's, it's certainly been been up and down. I've had some some brilliant, um, you know, league title wins, and you know, unfortunately with that as well, I had a few sort of bad years. Um, you know, round about you know 2018-19 time, we didn't, we didn't have a great team and won the won the playing well. So you need to ride them out, and um, I think they'd be I both uh, both the, the the league wins. I know they were. Um, you know, in different leagues, but um, you know, when, when you win anything, you need to, you need to sort of take that as as gold, and um, you know, you don't win a lot, so you need to cherish the moments when you get them. You know, hopefully the the good times are, are coming back down again. But I'd say the Hall of Fame probably you know trumps them just for you know you know what it means, and there's so many you know great faces up in that wall at, at Fort Hill, so it'd be along with them. Um, you know, I still don't feel that I'm up there in terms of. You know, they, they sort of players and, and what they've done to the club, but, you know, be up there next to them is an honour. Did you get anything behind so for getting into the Hall of Fame? You know, nice bottle of whiskey, you know, shiny watch, maybe a wee holiday, something like that at all? You know, Jerry, absolutely no chance. <laughs> um, no, you don't get in my like that. No, just a wee... I think i got to pick my picture for the for the plaque up in the wall. Um, so I picked one that I looked a, a lot younger than what I, what I do now. So um, that was the... The, the thing I got to choose. Stevie, obviously you, you signed back with the club after a lengthy spell away at like Levy, Motherwell, Burton, uh, Dunfermline. What was it that brought you back to the club and was there ever any inkling of you coming back to the club before this season or was this the first time you were approached? No, I was ne- never linked with coming back before that. Uh, there was never actually any chat before that, obviously. I had the couple of months where I, I just left Motherwell. Um, I mean, if I was honest, I, I was expecting a phone call. Um, didn't quite happen. Uh, spoke to Yogi Dunfermline and ended up going there. But I think it was a game at East End Park. I beat Banzo 4 1, um, and the call was on the phone no long after that, um, wanting me to sign. So as soon as I knew the interest was there, I was, I was only really going one place, to be honest. I don't think it really mattered to who was going to be in charge, if, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, it's good that he wanted me, so always be grateful for that to, to, for, for bringing me back. But um, more, more so the, the the club. I, I knew a lot of boys there as well. Obviously, Banjo's part of the furniture, so he was still there. And then I knew Tiff, obviously, from my living days, and I knew Jack McMillan. So I knew, I knew the kind of team we had there and the style of play we could play. And I knew with, with Jack behind me that I knew it was it was it was there for hopefully it'd be a good season and hopefully still is. Stevie, how would you sum up the season so far? Uh, <laughs> disappointing, I think. I know the league table, you can say the league table never lies. We are where we are because of, I feel down to us. Um, I think our squad, we should be winning the league. I still think that. I don't think we've been good enough for maybe parts of the state the, the season um, with a wee dip. And I think games where, realistically, we should have been taking more points out of the games against Cove. Drop points to Hamilton. Queen's had a wee bit of jinx over us, but... And this might just be biased. I don't think there's been anybody I've, I've come out against thinking, wow, they've been they've been brilliant against us. I think it's more been down to us been having an off day and, and maybe not been firing all cylinders for, for parts of the season. But uh, I still think we've got a good enough team to go up. Um, probably titles out of our reach now, um, obviously, but barring a miracle. So we just need to try and get into the playoffs now and, and win as many games as possible um, for these f- final three games. And... Hopefully got that way if we can. Stevie, looking back to around Christmas time, we had a spate of injuries before and after the festive period. How important do you think those injuries were to our season? Do you think they had a big impact? I think our squad is better than what we showed during that point. I thought we should have been able to deal with it. It's obviously not ideal to lose key players and key areas of the pitch. And that's not even... like Missing players is big, but you get players playing through niggles. I'm just using my, myself as well, but other players as well. Brian's been playing through stuff. Tiff was always 
Triffwood come back in day 45 minutes in a game and, and be injured again. So, Banzo obviously was playing through an ankle injury as well. So, you don't really... It's good. Like, I've always been the same. Like, I'll play through things, which is probably not a good thing for, for my part, if I'm being honest, because it does, you don't see the best of me. I'll give you maybe as best I got, but it's still not the best player I can be. And, I, and I'm sure that's what other people feel like when they're playing um, through injuries. You'll still get a decent job, but it's kind of hindered. And I think that's been a lot of people who've been had niggle, niggling injuries through the season, which, it, which hasn't helped. Obviously, this season we've had Chris Dillon come in to replace McCall as manager. What would you say has changed since Dillon's came in? What are the main differences do you think in the team now compared to under McCall? Uh, I think we do a, a bit more specific things. Like McCall, we had like a, we had an idea how we wanted to play in that. It was based on us being the better team majority of the times. Whereas I think we do a bit more on the opposition. And we've got a bit more of a solid base, I feel. Um, obviously, the results and, and the clean sheets have maybe backed up as well. I think we're, we're a bit more solid when, we, when we've when we got possession. I think we're a bit more solid at the back and a bit more comfortable. Whereas if we lose the ball, then I think we're in a better shape to, to win the ball back and, and maybe keep clean sheets. And I think that was a big part, which has been pretty surprising, if I'm being honest, when you, you look at Dills' career and the type of player he was and... To be honest, the amount of rubbish you used to speak when you played. Um, but that's everybody's like that. But that's been probably the, the most noticeable thing for me is the shape when we've been in possession defensively. And I think that's been a good a good base for us to build on. Banzo, we've spoken on the podcast about you moving into a slightly deeper role, playing in a, a deep two with Ross Dockery rather than the 4-3-3 early on in the season. Do you feel more comfortable with that? Do you agree that that's a, a change that's been made by Dylan? Yeah, I'd agree. Completely with that. I, I was playing a wee bit uh, of a different position at the start of the season. 4-3-3, the, the left-hand side, and you know, was asked to try and get into the box and sort of be box-to-box. <laughs> People that know me, I'm not very good at that. Um, Stevie will tell you that as well. So uh, I think I'm more comfortable um, being in a, a two a bit deeper. Um, and I feel me and, me and Doc have got a pretty good relationship together. So I think you've... You've seen that when I've been put back. Um, I think my performances have, have lifted a bit and I certainly look a lot more comfortable in a, a position I've, I've played my, my full career, basically. Stevie, you often get penalties awarded at testimonials so that the, the honoured player can can take one and score, but do you think we might get a, a testimonial yellow card for Banzo? Uh, he's got a neat start on a yellow. For being the most booked player in Thistle history, it gets you into the Hall of Fame, it's mental. Banzo, what's your favourite yellow card? Conrad had been sent off before me and I was sent off in the last minute. Big Conrad thought I was walking in after the game. I remember that one pretty well. I've got too many yellows to Stevie, Banzo's picked his favourite card, so... It would be remiss if it's not to ask what's your favourite goal with us? Um, the one I set him up. <laughs> That's probably my least favourite. He passed it to me for a yard. I mean, ran away like he'd set up the best goal ever. <laughs> um, my best, my favourite goal. I liked, I liked my first one, to be fair. Run about that stage. Like Falkirk and um, Dunfermline that were like probably favourites to go up that season. So... Scored the first goal to put put his one up against him and then beat them firm in the very very next game one 0 as well. That was a good goal. But then my favourite probably is the one that won goal of the season, uh, one against St Johnson. Bands with nothing to do with, but Gary Miller throwing and I've half followed it and it's been in the opposite top corner. That's probably my favourite one. I think you've got a shout out goal of the season this year. She's got a good one as it cove at home early on. I don't know. I can't. I've I've got a feeling a couple of the passing moves. In the last couple of games, will nip, nip me a bit. Sledding might nip me as well. Oh, I hear that. In fact, that's that. That's that done, isn't it? Who put the ball in Sledge's head? Don't know. I was in the bench at that point. I was myself. <laughs> that your only assist this year? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I'm still throwing my weight behind Tiffany's goal at Ibrex's. My goal of the season will we'll never beat it. Yeah, that's a touchy subject, that. 
I, I play that game, I got a penalty at Ibrox, I score, and then I, there's not a chance I'm letting Piff take that ball. I'm, I'm on a double at Ibrox that day, <laughs> if I'm on that part. Oh, well, we're in that over-under game, we had times you'd get spotted at Ibrox this season, and I said you'd be over 2.5, but you've not been spotted yet, you've done well. <laughs> I've only been twice this year to watch Rangers games. Up, uh, I went and watched, took my wee boy to see them play Aberdeen, and then I went and watched them play against this in the Cup. And just to finish off, we've, we've asked everyone this, we've asked Chris Dolan this, we've asked Ian McCullis, how many bites does it take you to eat a cream egg? Oh. <laughs> I love a cream egg, by the way. Um, probably about f- four or five. I like to enjoy it. Fair. fair. Banzo. Banzo. Uh, two. 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 What? <laughs> <laughs> two? You don't like a cream egg, do you? Right, tell, tell, tell the boys what your favourite bit of chocolate is. <laughs> what? <laughs> a plain dairy milk, he's like a four-year-old. We'll move on to look ahead to Saturday's game against our broth. Uh, Reese, we've already beaten our broth twice at Farhill this season and we're unbeaten against them in, in four in all competitions throughout the season. What sort of game are you expecting? They're obviously fighting for their lives. They had a disappointing result on Saturday. What are you expecting from, from us and from the game on Saturday? Um, in an ideal world, um, we would have won at the weekend and basically our broth would have been safe if they'd have won as well. But it's never really an ideal world following Fissel. So ultimately, our broth has still got stuff to play for. We still have um, we still have stuff to play for as well. So I think it'll be pretty much the same again, the same what we've seen the last couple of games. It'll be, it'll be itchy peachy. I don't think, I, I don't, I'm not confident in seeing a, a 4-0, 5-0 Jags put it that way. I think it'll be... I more of the same. Um, are you looking for a prediction as well just now, or what? Well, hang fire. Go for a prediction. Uh, David can edit in himself and, and Jamie whenever he likes, but uh, go for a prediction, yeah. might as well. I think we'll score. Um, I also think our broth will score. <sighs> Did we have two in our locker? I'll, I'll go to one just for the fact it's up for Hill, and, and we're still, we've still got aspirations to get in the top two, so I'll go to one thistle. This game reminds me of last season when we played them firmly at home around the same stage of the season. We needed a win to pretty much ensure a playoff spot at that time and we won one now. So I'm going to say this is quite a similar game. I'm going to go for a repeat of that scoreline, say 1-0 Fissle. Cove play on the Friday night so I brought from know what they're needing from the game on Saturday. So I imagine they'll probably try and make it stuffy, maybe sit and try and catch us on the break. It'll be kind of difficult to break down but I think we'll have enough about us to get the three points so I'll say 1-0 Fissle. Bit weird for me. Our broth absolutely fighting for their lives. Historically, I have always had our number until this season. We're undefeated against them this season. I mean, we've we've lost one game in ten, and you know, looking from the outside in, it looks like we're doing really well. But I mean, watching the game against Hamilton, you know, it's absolutely no guarantee that we are going to beat a lower team. I do I do think we will win. To be honest, um, you know, it would break my heart to possibly relegate Pleasurelands and Smokies um, to League One, but we're fighting for ourselves here, so I'm going to go 2-0, Thistle. Heather, we had a, a Twitter message to tell us to calm, calm down on the ridiculous predictions this week, so uh, I, I don't know if you'll take that advice with, with your forecast. Never, never want to take advice. So I'll go for double digits just to please that person. <laughs> and I'll say it's going to be 10 nil Thistle. We need that goal difference, you know. Yeah, it's in play. Uh, Ken, prediction from you and a, a sort of... Uh, I'm going to go against Heather here because our goal difference is great anyway. I mean, if you look at it, even compared to Inverness, as they say, 
it's worth a point in itself, right? You know, anything. I'm going to go three 0 Thistle. I think last home game of the season, we're going to see Doolan Ball in full effect, and it it it's going to be a really really good match. Probably one 0 at half time, and then two absolute belters. You know, as as good as the Queen's Park goal. So I'm going three 0 Thistle, and I I wouldn't normally say that. Yes. It's the Sunday before the Saturday. Jeez, oh, I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud. <laughs> uh, I'm still in desperate need for a point, so I'm going to go nil now. Uh, we've, we've kept four clean sheets against our both this season. They've not scored against us, but we've, we also failed to score on our last trip up there, and I think they will be fighting for their lives, and I think it could be a, a tough afternoon, and I'm also desperate, so nil nil is my prediction. I'm just glad that you've not gone for... Uh... <sighs> <laughs> One nil Hamilton because that really put the nail in the coffin of last week's podcast. Yeah, I feel like this week's is going better. There's a, there's a better flow to this week's. David will have less work to do in the editing room, I think. Um, we've had a listener question from Gus Watson. He's asked if you could take one player from each championship club, who could who would they be? Um, I don't think we'll have time to go around everybody for for all nine teams, but if we could maybe cover all nine teams. Between the, the four of us, that would be good. Uh, Reese, I'll start with you. Do you want to chuck a couple of names in? Um, I went and I went and compared the whole list. I'll run through them. Right, yeah, you can you can back us up if we don't cover the whole <laughs> teams. In. Right, so I'll go through just the guys that I've picked so far. I'll go for self-explanatory. Tam O'Brien, good centre half. Era went a wee bit different. I, I think people would say Akinyemi, but that's sort of a tax bracket. I, I went with Josh Mullen. Cove, um, I've said Connor Scully. I don't think Megason's been lighting the league up this year, but I think Connor Scully's really good in midfield for them. Dundee, Luke McEwen. I've always liked him. I know I know McCall liked him at Air. We tried to get him before. I'd, I'd take him. Morton. Lewis Strap left back just for his long throw alone. Aki's, I went with Connor Smith. I know he's not an Aki's player, but I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Obviously, two assists for the goals and the one guy that actually tries to play football on our team. Inverness, it's a, a toss up between Nathan Shaw, who I've quite liked this season, and, and Jay Henderson on loan for St Mirren. I think they're both good players. Queen's Park went with Grant Savory, uh, another nice technical player. And then Rafe Rovers, I'm not really interested in having a, a Rafe Rovers player, but I would have said Jamie McDonald, but he's a wee bit. He's nearing the end. Lewis Vaughan's he's too injury prone. Dylan Easton and it's probably between Easton and, and Conley. Conley's had a good season, so he'd probably take him. But that that's my, my quick fire answers. Excellent stuff, Reese. Gus, I hope you appreciate the, the work Reese put into that one. Uh, Heather, you get any names to chuck in? Yeah, I only went for a few. Um of, well I did go for the classic, the Yak and Yemi for from air. Uh, I thought Dom Thomas from Queen's Park, I think, throughout the, the season, he's done quite well. He just seems to be quite a you know, a trustworthy, a trustworthy sort in in this in the centre for them. I went for obviously I again maybe went a bit classic, went Billy Mackay for Inverness. And then because he was really frustrating for us earlier this season, went Effie Ambrose for Morton. <laughs> David would love Effie Ambrose. Uh, look, if you're not gonna have good centre halves, have funny centre halves, right? Well, I just, well, I just could, I obviously could not shoot, choose Sean McGinty after I still remember the tweet that you put out, Matt, that said "Get out my club" and the um the ball hitting off his forehead um before. I don't think I did that. Was it not you? Oh, I, I know. I don't think I would have tweeted "Get out my club." That doesn't sound like me. Um, I always was. There was. Was there a game against Morton? Maybe one of the five-one losses at Capelo, or a very tough loss at Capelo, and a, the ball bounced off his forehead on the floor and set up someone. No, and I don't think I don't think that was my club. I'm pleading innocence on that one until the evidence is. Sorry, there's me. I mean, Cammy Smith didn't get on the team, so I'm just having to fire shots at someone else. <laughs> uh, Ken, you got any names to to fling in there? I, I'm going to fling in a wild card here. I like Boating. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think he would be he would work out quite well with us. Uh, Easton, I think, was mentioned as well. Jamie McDonald, I'm totally in favour with. Uh, I I would really like to see Jamie McDonald. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's he's on the way out. You know, he must be about what 52 or something like that. <laughs> um, outside of that, I mean. It's obviously the, the usual, you know, Akinyemi's this year's nubly. You know, he's one of these guys who's going to play at a higher level, clearly, you know. And he will probably go to a team like Livingston or something like that. 
totally see that, you know. I think, you know, Savory is another one who's probably Livingston bound or something like that. You know, it's uh, St. Johnston, I don't know. It's difficult to pick out players in other teams, I think, that you feel... I mean, you look at that that midfield with Bannigan and Doherty, and yeah. honestly, if you could if you could basically wrap them in cotton wool and just... They were talking about uh, Erlen Haaland being massaged every 10 minutes, right? You know, they were saying he gets looked after 24 hours a day and you think, just do that with Bannigan and Doherty for the next... For all over summer, you know? Yeah. On call masseurs, that kind of thing, just to keep them. Because honestly, they are the best midfield duo in the league. If anyone out there can think of a better midfield duo playing for another team, I'd be really interested to hear it. Yeah. I, I had Boating on the on the list as well, Kenny. They might fall into Reese's uh, tax bracket, which is a bit above us. Um, but maybe a cheeky loan next season if, if Dylan's get any contacts down there. I think he would actually compliment Docherty and, and Bannigan quite nice, maybe. Maybe in a three in, in the bigger game. Yeah, exactly. He could do some of their running because I think they're both in their 30s now. Uh, Jamie McDonald, I think like maybe like a year or two ago, he would have been great. I think he was the sort of guy we were looking for with, just to sort of like mentor Snedden a bit. Maybe the time's gone for that. I would sign Gaston, but not play him, just because he always seems to play well against us, Derek Gaston, for our growth and even back in his Morton days. So I, I would sign him, but not play him. That's classic Lambie, actually, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've played too much football manager. And uh, I've always liked Aaron Doran at Inverness. I know he's been there years and years and years, and I know he's quite injury-prone as well, but he seems like quite a, a thistly wee winger. Him. Uh, I've always quite liked him, so that's my, that's my wee shortlist. Um, we'll finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Uh, there was a, a, an exodus when Hamilton went 2-1 up. I mean, it wasn't quite Liverpool fans leaving the, the Istanbul Champions League final early and missing it all. I'm sure most, if not all, saw the equaliser from the walkway underneath the stand at Hamilton. But I'm going to ask you, when have you left an event early or when have you done something too early? Uh, and Ken, I'll start with you with this one. After asking a 56-year-old guy, when have you done something too early? I, I think that's a, a kind of oppression. <laughs> now, I was thinking about this, actually. I was I was out today and I was thinking, you know, hey, going back to like the 3-0 and then the 3-3 draw with Gretna, where Slippers starts it off absolutely cracking one into the, the top corner the corner where the owl sleeps. I've never left a football match early. I mean, I sit all the way through and watch it right to the end, to the point of it. And I, I, I don't know why I do that. And I was thinking about it, I thought, it's because I've blocked off that time mentally in, in my mental outlook calendar. And that's what I'm going to do. There's no point in me leaving early because I'm not going to be able to do anything more productive. The only thing I could remember was saying, going to see there was a play by Forbes Masson called Stiff right at the Traverse Theatre and it was so appalling that I left at I was going to say half time but I think they call it the interval in the theatre and I was so angry I'd got in for free right it was a preview kind of thing and I almost wanted to ask for my money back <laughs> but I think that is the one and it's a Asking for your money back at a free preview of a Forbes Maston play in Edinburgh at the Traverse Theatre could be quite peak thistle there, I yeah, think. But I'm that's my one there. That's, that's the gonna, only one I could think of. It's the most partridge thistle, partridge thistle answer I think we've had, Ken. I was, I was <laughs> going to ask, would you have left, if you were a Tottenham fan travelling up from London today, would you have left Newcastle after 20 minutes or would you have sat through that? You see, I don't know the score. I was going to watch it. and oh, I'm not. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did see the score. Um, what do you do? Do you go out in London? I don't know. You know, It's, it's like one of those things, you know, you're away to like Gretna, for instance, and you're 3-0 down. And you're like, well, we could just leave early and um, go to Great now, you know, <laughs> or something. Like, What's the point? You might as well stay there and yeah. put up with it, you know. Reese, you've managed to stay to, to the end to, to partake in Partridge Thistle. Have you got an answer for this one? I'm gutted, to be honest. I was hoping my answer would be to get away from doing this Partridge Thistle would be my, my early le- leaving. Um, but nah, I don't. I don't really know. I'm I'm, I'm pretty similar. Um, I, I never really leave the the games early. Yeah, even like 
when when my mates have we've left with after we've been four 0 down against Dunfermline inside twenty minutes and whatnot, but. I always stay because I get the bus to the game, so the, the bus is going to wait anyway. You're either just going to sit in the bus or, or whatever, and you're already there. So um, I, I don't even think I've left like a film or it early either. There's been times where I've wanted to, but I, I do I do have a tendency to sort of to smoke bomb, um, which is just like see if see if see if I was on a night out, like maybe just like a, someone's birthday or something, like I can't be bothered sometimes having to say bye to like thirty people. Do you know what I mean? So I just kind of. I'll fade into the background, like Homer Simpson into the hedges and escape that way. Maybe say bye to a couple of people in, in, in the, the near vicinity, but I can't be bothered with the whole rigmarole with people asking why you're leaving and stuff. So I do have a tendency to smoke bombs from events and, and escape through the exit door. But apart from that, I, I don't I, I don't leave many things early. Heather? Well, I think there needs to be a word for um, Stevie Lawless's wife, who my dad met outside the game yesterday. I think she she let she left early to try and avoid the crowd at the end with um, with her child and they ended up missing Stevie Lawless's equalizer. So I'm sure, so I'm sure that um that I'm sure Stevie Lawless will give her stick for that uh, this weekend. So that was quite entertaining. Struggled with this one. I I think like like us all, I've been trained to stay to the end. And also with the times that I have left a game early. I left air when we lost, was it five, four, five, one? Kenny Miller scored a very oh, yeah. late consolation. Yep. I left that at 50 minutes, but I don't regret that at all. But I'm the same, Heather. I was in the house before full time in that game. <laughs> yeah, and my brother and I were admiring how great the traffic, like how 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 um, peaceful the traffic was that day. I genuinely, and I was actually with one of my friends today, and, I, and they said, but like Heather, you're the person that stays to the end of every single night out. Like you are, like you're not the lever. But I did. I must say, last week I um I left Muns early and then got home and went and went on my phone and karaoke was out, and I was really gutted about that because I think the premise of this was when have you left and then regretted it. So I did. I left Muns last week and I regretted not staying and I did not know karaoke was coming and I regret not. But then equally, that maybe was good for everyone else in the pub. Because my voice is not is not graceful or um or worth listening to, but uh, yeah, I was gutted about that. What's your go-to karaoke song? Really depends on the mood. Might go for "Unwritten" by Natasha Benningfield. Oh wow! Or a bit of um, Amy McDonald. Well, if you have made it this far into Draw, Lose or Draw, thank you. Thank you to Reese, Heather and Ken for joining me this week. We will be back next week to look back on that home game against Abroath and to preview the final day of the season against Wraith Rovers and Kirkcaldy. Hopefully we will bring you a special episode before then. That really depends on editing procedures, but th- this episode hopefully will be with you before Friday. So in the meantime, stay safe.